Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bravo, We're Black. Today we have a very special guest, and y'all know this is our pop culture episode, so we're going to go off into pop culture, we're going to go off into Star Wars, we're going to go off into a lot of stuff. We got Christina Ariel, host of the High Republic show. I'm so happy to finally meet you and be face-to-face. I'm so excited. I love you guys so much. And just like also last year, your coverage of the Married to Medicine panel was very important to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these you guys, I'm like you guys were on bitch session. I'm just like, those are my babies. It's oh, love I, I love you guys. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I love you so much. Um, obviously, you guys noticed that I was shutting the fuck up. I never shut up. Um, <laughs> I was chewing a piece of chicken from my pot pie that I got out of the microwave because I have not eaten all day. And I just want to thank you for literally coming on here because you are literally famous. Like Aaron said, you have your own like thing going. You're in with Disney. You're in with Star Wars. You are also a housewives expert, a pop culture expert. You're gorgeous, proud black woman. Your threads are hilarious. I mean, your thoughts are hilarious. It's just so, such an honor to have you. And I remember at the top of the year, we discussed you coming on and it was, time was ticking. So I'm like, Aaron, we got to get Christina on immediately because you were on our cousin podcast, Kendrick podcast. And that was a great, great episode. You know, we all love Kendrick. Um, and now we finally have you. So now that we got you, every time we get someone, we're like, you're coming back, right? Because you're you're the one to have. I'm just so grateful that you're here. You said yes, and this will be the first of many stops at Bravo, we're black. Because Bravo, you're black. We are back I and am. we are black. <laughs> oh man, this is so exciting. There's Listen, so much like we joy love rapture. It. We love it. And I'm I'm actually amazed at how you can be into all of this and like host a whole show and be a housewives expert and be a Star Wars expert. It's like with me, I'm like, I gotta pick, I gotta pick at least half of one and then half of the other. Well, I had two children in the last mm-hmm. four years. So I had a lot of like baby laying on me deep into it, but I've been into it for so long. Like I I love my Bravo shows. I love all of it. And I spend, like, so much of it's connected, right? Like, when Mm -hmm. you think about it, you have representation from almost everything across media in the Housewives. Because you have Housewives that have been married to professional athletes, or a couple. And then you have, like, your Housewives who were in Marvel, like Lisa Rinna and Garcelle Beauvais, of course. And so there's so many of those different little connections that go across pop culture and bravo is at the center of all of them and you can pretty much connect anything kind of like how you can connect most things to one tree hill you can also do the same thing with real housewives because there is a connection that will lead you back to almost every road and it goes back of course to that founding of those tenants on queer eye for the straight guy like all those things that made bravo like this little world is actually this gigantic intricate galaxy of things and pop culture and relevant moments like think about how like nini has not been on the show in a couple of years but she's still like at the center of the zeitgeist of all these things to housewives it's it's impressive to me 
it's interesting. Speaking of galaxy, that's the only Star Wars reference I'll have this whole <laughs> Because <laughs> I have never seen a movie, I've never seen a show. I just watched when you talk, and when you had that, you had a huge, huge interview with some fine white man. I think his name was Chris, Christian Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Darth Vader himself. Darth. I was like, Darth Vader is hot. Like, yeah. he's not a father; he's a daddy. Like you, but the, it was mainly the way that you handled that interview. Because I know that you were a super fan, so that was the equivalent of us basically talking to like a nini. Mm-hmm. And the way that you handled it was so amazing to see the way that you handled the crowd, like the excitement around it, the way you gave him his flowers, and you also asked the questions that needed to be asked. And you could tell that he was really like into the conversation. So when we have these interviews with people, I try to channel you a bit, especially since I saw that live interview of you that was like so dope but what we want to do is obviously at the beginning of each episode of the pop culture episodes we're going to talk a lot about bravo in this one just because we have you here but we have our black excellence awards if you guys don't already know if you're listening if you're watching hello but i want to give you our black excellence award for no week Yes, just because I want to give you your flowers and like you do so much and you're in a space that is made up of, for lack of a better description, old white men. And you are, and there's nothing wrong with that old white men, like, but you are representing other people who are also into the same thing and you do it so well. I'm always so proud, even though I don't understand what's going on. I'm always so (laughs) proud to see someone who looks like me, like do the damn thing and you know your stuff. And it's just so good to see. So you are our Black Excellence Award of the week. And thank you so much for putting on and putting up and coming here and just being you. Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm like, (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. So uh, so that means a lot. Like it's, I love what I do. Like I, my whole thing has been I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to do these different things. Like, oh, I'm freezing up a little bit. Sorry. Ooh. I can see you. Can okay, see there you. we go. <laughs> I think just being in that space and understanding a lot of people may not want me in that space, but I'm there because I earned my seat. I'm there because I know what I'm talking about and because I love what I do. To be able to sit in that interview so much of having an interview is just having a conversation with someone. And if you can't look mm-hmm. at it like that and you're looking at this person like, yes, I like have, I'm a super fan. And a lot of people look at fans so derisively like, oh, she's a fan. Oh, she's a fan. Yeah. You don't exist without fans. You don't exist. It's- like if no one cares about what you're doing, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to talk about my work. I'm going to talk about the things that I do because I put a lot of work into it. And if I'm not cheering for myself, why should anybody else cheer for me? Like, I'm going to put my work out there and I'm going to continue to say, like, I believe in this. So you should believe in it, too. And that's my whole M.O. is like, I love what I do and I just want to give people their flowers. I am in a very unique position where I get to meet a lot of my heroes. And if I have that moment to tell you that you matter to me, to tell you, like, this affected my life, like we just went through this, like, horrific past few years and life, if you're a millennial, like, geez. 
bang, bang. It's like over and over nonsense. Like life is short. Life is very, very short. And I'm going to go take the picture. I'm going to show the adventure. I'm going to talk to the person. I'm going to tell them my feelings about it. I'm going to hear about their stories from their lips and learn about them because this is, I'm talking to somebody I've wanted to talk to my entire life. Like I'm going to appreciate that moment and that time that they're giving their energy to me in this conversation. And there are little girls that I was one of them, like seeing a Nichelle Nichols gave Whoopi Goldberg permission to go and do Star Trek. Like seeing someone in that position that looks like you gives you this inherent permission that it is possible for me too. And I'm not out here like I represent everybody. Like I know, like I am here and I am doing what I love and I hope that other people will go and authentically find the thing that they love to talk about, no matter how weird anyone thinks it is, no matter how it doesn't make sense to anyone else. If it makes sense to you, it is not hurting anyone. Like go do your thing, follow your joy. Oh my God. That was beautiful. So beautifully. Exactly. Yes. And it's, it's like, I see myself in you so much because it takes a certain kind of person who looks, well, me and Aaron talks about this before in our pop culture episode. It, a lot of the times, just like Tyler, the creator said, a lot of the times we're, too black for the white kids, but too white for the black kids. And at the end of the day, it's like, we can talk about hip hop and rap and Zeus and all these things, but we can also talk about the really nerdy things, video games, Harry Potter, things that you wouldn't think just looking at us that we may be into. And it's like, no one is just a a monolith and black people aren't just a monolith, not saying that you represent all black people, but it is representation that we need. And I just so enjoy seeing you do it. And we're so grateful for it. And then you said that you had two kids and those kids are going to look up to you and they're going to see my mom is such a badass. It's just so dope to see. So I want to know, like, how did you get to where you are now? Oh, a lot of good timing, I guess. (laughs) So uh, ultimately, I feel like it's a new audience, but I've told the story before, so I feel like I'm being repetitive, but I'm not being repetitive. It's just my story. So I moved here from Columbus, Georgia in 2014. I like had sold cars. I was like bartending, all this stuff. And one day I was just like, I'm not happy. And I was like, Lord, if you open a window, I will jump out at you. Open a door, I'll run through it, but I cannot be here anymore. And I got a call the next day that my job was going out of business. And so I was like, all right, there's my sign. And I was like, I'm going to put it on Facebook and hold myself accountable. I'm moving to LA November 4th. Like fortunately my, like my mom had like relocated here, like her life was here. And so I like was like moved out here with her drove cross country with my friend Brooke and like got here and was like, I don't know what's next. And I ended up meeting my husband the next month. And then we like fell into our little life and I'm like working at a bar in Hollywood and like doing all this stuff. And then I start working for like in real estate. Fun fact, I did Chriselle's new member orientation back in the day and it was really cool. So every time people say that Chriselle is not a realtor, they're a liar. Chriselle sat in that class and she was attentive and so kind. And she let me fangirl over all my children to her. So I ride for Chriselle. 
Um, oh my god, the selling sunset connection. Aaron does not watch, but he knows how much I'm yeah. upset with it. So that's why my sister is, is a selling sunset girly because I am online defending these women. Like she goes to bat for selling sunset. Yeah, listen, I respect it, but it's okay. So do that. Meet my husband. Fall into life. Get married. In like 2017, I was like, man, when I moved out here, I had my comic books and my books, my costumes and my clothes. And I was like, well, I'm going to do cosplay. But it was like, if I'm going to come, I'm going to come out of the gate like swinging. And so I did. I came out like the first convention I did. I did like the Gwenham with the veins coming out of my face. Like I'd already started doing my I'd done Star Trek for a while as Lieutenant Ahura. And then I got my first like Hollywood job, as I call it, in a video playing Lieutenant Ahura. And I was like, I stood on that set that day and I was like, if I never do another thing in Hollywood, if nothing comes from this, I just want Michelle Nichols to know that it exists. So probably like a month later, I'm doing a convention with Iona Morris, who was the voice of Storm at X-Men the Animated Series. She's fantastic. She also was the coach on Blackish for the kids. Like she was the acting coach. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she also was on Star Trek when she was little, along with her brother, who also played the Johnny Cochran type character on Seinfeld. So those are some fun little facts. But um, <laughs> that's so, so cool. it's was wild. So who's at the booth next to us? Michelle Nichols. The first day I'm in Star Trek cosplay, and she's like, "You got on my outfit!" Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and she's like making little finger guns at me. And the next day, the video came out, and so I got to watch the video of me playing her for the first time with her. And I was like, "That's one of those little moments. Like clock this moment. Like live in this moment." And that's what I kind of keep doing is like, I'm not necessarily trying to get anywhere. Like I'm just doing the mm-hmm. thing that I love. And so like from that, I was like, I'm just going to keep doing it. Start doing cosplay, end up in cosplay culture magazine. I did a thing with Buzzfeed. One black woman turns into four superheroes and did like Riri Williams and Nubia who, with like the origin story of Wonder Woman. It's really actually kind of funny because back in the day, whenever like Wonder Woman, Diana's twin came, her name was Nubia. And she always greeted her the exact same way in these early comics. She said, Nubia, my black sister. And then you would get the background on the story that Hippolyta had taken two forms of clay and she made Diana and Nubia and they were formed from like the same model of clay. So like we told the story of that and Storm and just like these powerful black women continue doing that. And then keep cosplaying. Cosplaying turns into hosting, started doing like Nerdist pop-ups and then went from doing that to playing Dungeons and Dragons professionally. And so I like started doing that and start playing with like critical role in dimension 20 and doing like comedy with dropout TV on um, actually, which is where I don't know if you've seen the clips, like the real housewives episode. It's not a real housewives episode, but it's a art themed episode. We've done two so far as the reality TV themed episodes where we talk about all that. You get and then I got when they ask about real housewives. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel that in my soul. And like, if I'm going to get a platform to talk about Candace Bassett, like I'm going to do it and I'm going to sing drive back. I pulled into that parking lot for real, like playing drive back that day. And I was like, I'm going to win. Like the power of Candace compels me. I'm about to win. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I started doing that. And then I got star Wars and I've been with star Wars now since 2021 and uh yeah i've been now i'm 
still like hosting and now I do Star Wars Celebration. I got to go to London in April to host Star Wars Celebration, which is where that Hayden Christensen interview came from. I feel like I'm talking about myself too much. And I know that you asked no, me about I'm myself, but I'm also like, I talk. But um, no, it's, and yeah, I love that. Then I did Headless. So I got into like acting with that series that's on YouTube. It's like a 10 part series. You can watch like all 10 episodes and the time it takes to watch a movie. It's like two and a half hours. But um, yeah, I, so now I just play D&D and act and host and, oh, I'm going to do D&D in a castle in Ohio. Like I'm hosting. That is wild. That is um, so amazing. Like, go ahead, Aaron, before I... No, no, I want to ask, too, being a Star Wars Battlefront 2 person, for mm-hmm. specifically for, like, back in the day, not when they remade it, Um, did you play any of that, like, Battlefront? Oh, no. I am a, I am a book girl. As far okay. as... Yeah. I'm a, I'm a book girl. I'm a movies and comics and all of that stuff. And... I feel like a lot of like there's so much stuff. <laughs> there's so much stuff. Like if you look behind me, like this and like all of that over is just like Star Wars bloodlines and brotherhood and like the princess and the scoundrel. It's just like like I'm gonna show you, like you think I'm playing. Like oh that is my all God. So video games and otherwise, sometimes I have to make a choice and it's a lot easier for me to like have kids and audio book or read a book than play a video so, game where they're going to be like, let me have a turn. Like, no, what, would not you your turn. Say, what would you say you are? Because I've been thinking about this question too. If we were living in the Star Wars world, I don't even know what the world is called, but the world of Star Wars, would you be a Jedi or would you be a Sith Lord? Um, oh, that's fun. Uh, so I would definitely be a Jedi. And fun fact in phase three of the High Republic, mm-hmm. Jedi Master Keith Trinis, if you notice her hairstyles and her face, is me. So she mm-hmm. is modeled after me. So I am technically already a Jedi. And I was in Obi Wan Kenobi and my character, Tiga Creel, in a book that came out today. You get to, she's like in there. So I've been a rebel, I've been a Jedi. I feel like I'd make a really great Sith, though, because I can be scary. Same. Same. I would like to do the Sith. What about you, Kay? What would you say? So, to make it easier... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dark side or light side? Yeah. Like, are you a Darth Vader post all the stuff, or are you a Anakin, like an aspiring Jedi? Like, you want to do good and go help the galaxy. Okay, so you know when you go to Disney World and like those dudes walking around in the white suits? The stormtroopers. I'm them. What side they on? Uh so they are on the dark side. They work yeah. directly well I'm not gonna get into a whole history of like clone troopers and stormtroopers and well, how the yeah, clones were made during action. episode two. Like Attack of the Clones is a great starting point. Okay. When they walk around, everyone shuts the fuck up. At Disney World, they scare. You're kids. right about that. The adults stand in line. They move up. They don't even. They, they don't even have to say anything. People see them coming. All you hear is music and chaos, and people know what to do. I'm them. So that's I'm, why I said Sith Lord. I respect too, that because, like, whenever I see them, they move really slow and they just come in the room at awkward timing always. Yep. And then people are like, "Oh shit!" They and know that's what me. To do. You know what time I'm on? Yeah. 
Yeah. Just like uh, like I've seen all the Harry Potters. I just don't really understand what's going on. I just know that that little boy should not have been under the stairs like that. So that was crazy. <laughs> but every time I, I take a test online, they're like, you're a Slytherin. And then I ask my my roommate, and he's like, those are the evil ones. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm just on it. You I know? found out I was, too. And the whole time I thought I was like, Everyone um, wants to be a hero, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone want to be, what is it called? What's, what's Harry and the Hufflepuffs? No, yeah. Gryffindor. Gryffindor. The ones that, that's on the broom. Everyone wants to be Gryffindor. No, some, <laughs> the broom. some of us are just evil and some of us have to embrace it. And it is what it is. It's true. I want to know, how did you get to Star Wars? Like, you're not just um like a fan podcast host. You are the official, like, you are the face of the brand as far as I'm concerned. How did you get that <laughs> opportunity? Um, so it actually kind of came about through a D&D game. I was playing a D&D game and a friend asked me, he's like, do you like Star Wars? And I was like, I love Star Wars. I'm specifically a prequels fan, which I am. And that's episodes one, two, and three. Those are the ones that came okay. out like when we were, yeah. Okay. But, um, Have so, sidebars with me because I'll just like. No, listen, I'm so used to people not knowing what I'm talking about when I talk about housewives that I use that in conversation about my other nerdy pursuits because they are like, listen, it's like those people that know like every single stat about football. Like this is my football. It is my football. Reunions are my like road to the playoffs. Bravo Con is now the Super Bowl. Like there's so much that like it all, it all comes back. But no, we're talking about how did you get to Star Wars? You said it was a D&D uh, game. Yes, a D&D game. So you asked me about the prequels. And I ended up having a meeting. And they were like, hey, like, would you like to be a part of this new initiative that we're doing for Star Wars? And it would be like a bi-monthly show on StarWars.com. And I was like, well, for real, I was like, stop playing. But they were serious. And so I like ended up like I had that interview and then we started filming like they came and like did the setup and everything and then the show launched in January of 2021 uh it was an interesting time because I'm not some people were not happy about the show but um uh, they weren't happy about the show they weren't happy about me the host as, yeah yes and it was ah. one of those so <laughs> it, I don't I don't talk about it much because it like irks my soul because it was a really like a rough thing but like yeah they went like somebody went and like cherry picked my tweets from 2020 and like during the height of things and they took like a tweet where I said like at some point we need to examine the role that white women play in upholding white supremacy and basically anything that's like used the term white people and they took that and they said new host says all white people are racist which I never said like that's directly like that's slander, true. slander. But um, well, technically it's libel because it's written. But um, that whole thing turned into a, a mess, and it went viral, and people were like, "Ah, die!" Uh, so like, oh and that lasted gosh. for like a year and a half of people just being like really hateful and really mean about a situation that they didn't actually look into. They just like saw a clickbait headline and went for it, and decided that they just needed to like threaten me and my children in my life. So, like, it's one of those things where 
I like was having all that, like that first day was like really rough. Like I called my husband and I was like, you got to come home. Like I can't like be by myself. And he came home and like, he just like held me. Cause it was like, it's yes, yeah, the internet. And we think about this thing and like in the event of like housewives as well, like there's a whole person like on the other side of that, no matter how many people are like, don't read that, like block this, like to know that you have to block something, you have to know that it exists. Therefore like seeing it first. And you've already taken that in. It's already like sitting on your spirit. So when you take that and like I like when I took the job, I remember saying I'm going to analyze my analytics for this. So coming in, my Twitter impressions are at like six million. They make the announcement. It goes to seven million. So the day that that article hits that morning, it was at 14 million. Like. So by the end of that day, it was at 38 million. Oh and that was the vast majority of like those impressions was people who read this headline, thought that I said something and that I never actually said and would not say because I try to be a generally objective person. Right. And it like they took that and like people ran with that for like a year and a half and it was really, really hard. But like I decided I was like, I'm going to present who I am. And so it was also going into like 28 days of black cosplay. So I every day posted myself in the cosplay that made me feel strongest. And I put a quote with it that made me feel powerful, like something that was like who I am as a person, not this like whatever somebody decided that they wanted to make of me because they feel a way because I have a job that they feel entitled to. And the chair that I like, no matter what my level of expertise, my getting that job makes someone else feel like they have lost something, even though I've taken nothing that was theirs. I'm just doing the thing I love. And so I posted every single day for 28 days, just what made me feel powerful quotes that made me feel powerful. And like, I, I could say like, I could scream and like defend and do all this stuff, but like, no, I'm going to go and continue to do my job and I'm just never going to let you catch me slipping again and posting a video of me because the one freeze frame that you have, I did my makeup myself and my eyebrows look busted. Don't ever do that to me again. And you'll never catch me flipping. Look at my show. She's flawless. But it's so <laughs> wild. <laughs> and it is clothes or armor, clothes or weapons. Yeah. When I go to present or to do anything, my look is as much as a part of like my protecting myself as anything. Like I'm going to go and if I'm going to feel good about myself and even if my anxiety is through the roof, because like after that, I did have really bad anxiety. I did feel like everybody hated me because it is so loud that it feels like everyone in the world hates you. And most people don't even know who you are. You're not a blip on their radar, but like you've been main character on Twitter for a day. And that's a hard, hard place to be when people don't read and objectively look at things. And I think about like those housewives who come back and like, they're like, you know, they're in for like a bad season and you know, like what the comments are going to be. And like the toll that that has to take where no matter, even if you've like leaned into a villain role, you're still a person. Mm-hmm. And like how hard that has to be, uh, like to be in that thing. And so often it's easy to like look at people as characters or like what we know of them and forget that at the core of it, they truly are people. Yeah, exactly. And I've never been in that position. So it's, I mean, everything that you're saying sounds valid, but it's different to hear it from someone who's experienced it especially someone who right like you didn't ask for that like you didn't do anything that warranted that what you did was accept a job 
people didn't like that you accepted a job that you were qualified for. And they actually sought out things to make you look and represent you as someone as you're not. But you powered through it. And that's what is so inspirational. And that's what matters. And that's what has kept you going and got you to where you are now. So it's just so dope to see. And I can't imagine how you felt at that time. But if that day that that happened, and if you could look at where you are now, you'd know that it was like all worth it. You know, it's all worth it. And it didn't have to happen. It did. And you like stuck it out because a lot of people would have just quit, retreated. I don't even know if I could have continued on, but you were so strong when you didn't have to be. And like that, you didn't deserve that at all. And I'm sorry that it happened, but imagine like, you know, if you did quit, like you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have been through the things that you've been through that are so good. Like reach these milestones, host these things, meet these people. So I really applaud you for that, for sure. So on a positive note, like, I mm-hmm. want to know, like, you, you, you told us basically that was one of your lowest moments, if not your lowest moment. But I want to know what has been maybe Star Wars related or non-Star Wars related. What has been one of your highest moments, uh, you know, since you've been out there in Hollywood? Honestly, it's it's all going to always come back to that Hayden Christensen interview. Like I literally had this man in my locker in high school. Like after I did that interview, like my ex-boyfriend from that time in high school sent me a message and he was like, I remember hating that poster and trying to get you to take it down. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and so to be on this stage, like one, like having someone trust you to be a safe interview for them to like, be able to like be like hey like look at me if you like feel overwhelmed like i did the same thing with like vivian lara blair who players you know who plays young leia in obi-wan kenobi like this girl's like nine years old on this stage in front of thousands of people it's like hey like if you don't feel like you can look at the people or look at the audience like look at me like have a conversation with me find me and so so much of that is trying to be a comfort to this other person and Hayden Christensen is a notoriously private person. He's not like out there in the streets. Like he's not like he took like a 20 year break from acting because like all the stuff that he went through with the, the sequels and he's a tremendous actor uh, for prequels because sequels, it's a whole thing. It's like the movies, the original trilogy, the sequels and then the prequels So the prequels and then the sequels. It's an order continuity thing. But like this man is so kind and he came out, like, there's a moment, like, when I was going to step off the stage and was like, whoop, and he, like, puts his hand on my lower back and helps me off the stairs. Like, straight gentleman nonsense. And, but that moment, to be able to give him his flowers on that stage, to, like, be a part of this moment where someone is in a room with, like, this giant WWE entrance, but surrounded by people whose lives he has affected, people dressed in costumes as him, people holding up lightsabers in tribute. Like, this thing of, like, this entire crowd is there, like, in a way, like, we're in that moment of community. The energy in that room was so strong. Like, even trying to, like, be, like, 
in front of a crowd that excited waiting for like a person of this caliber to come out like so much of it is you like controlling the energy like you like what are you putting out into the room like how are you controlling that ebb and flow of those feelings and then this man comes out and I get to sit down and like like these are comfort movies for me like this is a movie that I watched in high school and like saw in the theater like I saw episode two in the movie theater that's the first Star Wars movie I saw and saw that crawl come up and felt that music like that is my like entry point and it's like with Star Wars the higher public show like hosting that show like it gets to be someone's entry point. Like I get to like ride in this thing with someone like they're watching the show to find out like behind the scenes or like hear from the authors. And I get to sit down with these authors who have created this world within a world that is so beautiful. And to be a part of that, like star Wars, like in all of it's like, no matter like the entry. And that's just a one wild contingent of like just people with too much time on their hands. Like that's not like, the fans of Star Wars are some of the nicest kind of people. And to see them around that stage looking at Hayden, cheering and just like making that man feel loved, like that is always going to be something so beautiful to me. It was so beautiful to witness because I, you know, you put the video on your IG and I'm just like, wow, one, he's fine, but two, wow, <laughs> these people like really love him. And three, you did an amazing job at the crowd control at the interview. And it's just, it was so dope. You could just feel the energy through the screen. But we also know that you are a huge, as you mentioned, Real Housewives fan. What was your entry point at Real Housewives? Because, you know, Aaron knows everything about the Star Wars stuff, but Let's get into some real housewives. Like, let's get into it. Were you, you know, uh, an Atlanta girl at first, like we were? Or did you start from, like, OC? Did you get into it during the pandemic? There's just so many places that you talk to people who entered. No, I mean, like, I'm, I'm a reality TV girl going back to, like, Joe Millionaire OG. And, like, The Swan and, like, that era of reality television. And then going into like, as far as housewives, I feel like, like I watched Atlanta and I loved Atlanta, but there was something about like when Vanderpump rules came because you could go back and like watch like real housewives of Beverly Hills straight into it. Kind of like how you do with summer house. Like they're like, it's this little like doorway and like that led me back to like oh i'm gonna go back and watch all of beverly hills and beverly hills like those first two seasons are wild and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's intense and it's like it's very interesting especially now like to watch this current season and then go back and like look at like kyle version 1.0 personality like it's very like you see that she's kind of like she's she's no she's like more herself this season like in her like renewal like she's back on her like on her season one but i think the show that i think i like was became appointment television for me though was jersey Mm -hmm. i was a big big jersey like i loved jersey and like maybe i wonder if that was also because i really love mob wives too because i'm big like ph1 (laughs) like love and hip-hop new york like all that mob wives like which also like that's on Paramount Plus. And I have to say like that and Bad Girls Club being on Paramount Plus seems like such a personal gift to me from the world. 
cool. and it's like all I need now is like I want to watch Rock of Love, I want to watch Flavor of Love, I want to go back and watch money. like all. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, I love Money. All of the spinoffs, like, oh, what a time! Oh my god, my wife's. I think I made that. We made that meme that was like, I want. Sometimes I think that I want some of the people from Mob Wives to come on Real Housewives in New Jersey, but I realized that they would dog walk these girls from yeah. New Jersey. Just say, say the Drea, family, Drita. Drita. get up. Drita. Like, oh I gosh. feel like Drita is one of the most real people that has ever been on television. Like, unpolished, no media training, like, just, like, full force, authentic herself, and I love her for that. Like, I love Drita she's until the day I die. straight out of a Lil' Kim video. And ever since <laughs> she popped up at that Lil' Kim concert, <laughs> and Lil' Kim brought her out on stage. I was like, yeah, I love this lady. Like, <laughs> wow. How random. It's, I mean, it's good stuff. Like, oh, what classics. Well, we brought you here because we just witnessed probably one of the best episodes, of, in my mm-hmm. opinion, that has aired this year. And well, most dramatic, well, second most dramatic because Scandal was pretty dramatic. But the second most dramatic episode that's aired this year is Married to Medicine. I have never laughed so fucking hard. Oh, excuse me. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, no, you're fine. I want to know your initial thoughts because some people, there's some people felt like it was too far, and then some people was like me, like keep it going. I don't Mm -hmm. know what you can do next. But just keep this shit going. What, it was what, so uncomfortably like I was. I cannot remember the last time I watched Bravo and was like literally laughing so hard that I was crying. And like especially when they zoomed in on Heavenly Space, and I also have been like partaking in a little podcast by Doctor Heavenly and Carlos King, mm-hmm. which <laughs> is a wild ride, and I love it. So I love everything about it. I love the Heavenly's commentary. And I just, like, every time she goes, Carlos, you know I ain't talking about nobody. Like, every time, like, she says, Carlos, I know it's about to go down. And the next thing out of her mouth is about to snatch the side of somebody's head off. And, oh, this is what I was, I kept telling you I had something I needed to say to you. Yes. So I would like to formally, every show that I go on, I talk about this because I love Bitch Sesh very much. So if it were not for those ladies, and the prophecies that they put into this wonderful little show, Real Hot Wives, they predicted Phaedra transferring franchises. They never, like, yes, it didn't go housewife to housewife, but technically she did. Remember the character Fei-Fei? And she somehow, like, moved from Real Hot Wives of, like, Vegas to Orlando. Like, she was, like, in both of those places, and she was still the same, like, person. So, like, and that, like, boom. That's her going and popping up in Dubai. But then next thing you know, now she's on Married to Medicine because of Dr. O. And like they called it. They called it. And I will still count her doing that crossover as the fir- one of the first true trades. Oh, of my the God. Mm-hmm. You're so right. You, I never sat down and like thought about it because I'm like, oh, this is no, this is like because this happens in love and hip hop. Right. Like. Safari is on literally every. Well, they do too much. Like they do too much switching to the point where it's like, is Atlanta New York? Is New York Atlanta? Switching like like Ray J's hat in that scene, and I still exact, and I still watch it. So I will just 
be the one here to admit it. I watch it. I don't care. I'm going to continue watching it till the day it go off air. But I did not realize what, oh my God, exactly. And then when I was watching Married to Medicine, especially this latest episode, I'm like, this is classic Phaedra foolishness. Like the dramatics, the thought into the dramatics, like the repass leading up into mm-hmm. it. And she has quad. It's like, it's me needing Aaron to come to wherever I'm at to like help me get this shit popping. Like the fact that they had each other to play off of each other was so important. So, okay, you are laughing. You didn't think it was too far. No, I thought it was hilarious. And like, I, I, I don't play with death. I'm from South, don't play with death like that. I believe the power of life and death of the tongue. Like, I, like my I grandma, like, that, but... I, I'm not getting in anybody's coffin until the good Lord mm-hmm. tells me I have to. Like, so good on Quad when she was like, no, I'm not going back in the casket. Like, I felt that. Like, it was <laughs> like, like, it was enough for that moment, but anything mm-hmm. else is too much. But Simone's laugh, Jackie and her, like, full, like, wholehearted disdain for Phaedra. Like, she cannot hide it. It is in her face. Some Like, I just... Jackie is not pleased with any of this foolishness. And you can tell she is just like, let me just have my little segment where I talk to the brat. But I am not getting mixed up in this nonsense. It's too much. She's so over it. <laughs> but at the same time, she's like, you know, a show is a show. What did you think about... Like, I didn't really notice Simone and Jackie so much. Like, in the main scene... It's Toya. Toya was absolutely adored. (laughs) And and wondering, like, what the hell is going on between the sheets in my home? Like, baby, wait, let me explain before (laughs) you start to point your cane. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's not finished that, but if y'all know, know. yeah, I was just about to say, no, 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 no. Can't I, I? I miss as much as I miss it. No, it had to go from it just about mm-hmm. Mr. Big's voice, nothing else. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> it was Toya's complete disdain, annoyance, the fact that she actually said what I was thinking out loud. Like, because there was a part of me I knew that it. No, I asked Aaron because when the trailer came out, there was the funeral, like a. A preview of the funeral and we're just thinking like who the hell could be there and i'm like oh who do you think it is and then aaron automatically is like it has to be quad and he, like he knew off the back and i'm like yeah it probably mm-hmm. is because you know you can use context clues everyone else was in the room except quad um but then i'm just like but but what about what about if they brought back mariah like there was Ooh. just like a part of me that was like, okay, and then, or what about it was? So when, when Toya was like, okay, so what's next? Is Mariah going to come? I screamed too. And it's the <laughs> fact that like they decided to make it a thing where it's, they're like, okay, well, if you want to clear something up, you got to clear something up. And when Heavenly was like, I'm going to beat your ass like your mama should have. And then Woo! and they- Tennis <laughs> expert. Tennis expert took tennis me out. Like they went and they had dinner, specifically fried chicken and turnip greens, 
And I loved every bit of it because I'm like, if that isn't repast food, like not collard greens, chicken, turnip, so good. It and I know it was. I know they had the crackling cornbread somewhere. I knew they had the um the hot sauce, the crystals hot sauce specifically. (laughs) I know it was in that room. It had to be. It was just so beautifully delightful and also unnecessarily dramatic because I'm just thinking about like breaking it down like you really like for quad to get inside of a coffin lay down and let them put the cover over her let them roll her out like she's breathing in this coffin she's alive and she's she's alive and she's well and she's swell like she said and then for them to like open it and then for heavily to peek out because she's kind of scared because what the hell is going on at this point She's peeking over, she laughs, and then we see the quad pop up. Like, it was just the most bizarre, hilarious, unnecessary thing that I've witnessed on Bravo TV, I think almost ever. It, it's it's so crazy. It was such a good time for me personally, but a lot of people are like, I don't play with depth like that. That was I was in the I was in the middle outside I'd say because it's like one side of me I'm like I know my mama would not be pleased mm. and she would be like turn this shit off but <laughs> the the petty side of me that just enjoys the dramatics and the theatrics I'm like I'm kind of here for this she did so. the damn thing I'm sorry I don't know what and I still don't know what the point of it was because it was a resurrection, honey. It was a rising. It was, oh. it was the phoenix rising from the ashes. From the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she asks Phaedra, like, if you've never seen the phoenix, when she tells Phaedra, if you've never seen the phoenix, this is what it looks this like. Did you see Phaedra go? Oh. Mm, like, well, Phaedra child. just realizing, like, the levels of, like, she, I think she realized on this episode. Grandeur. Like, I'm delusional, but Quad <laughs> is on another level. And I don't know if that's so going to make them closer or, like, for, grow further apart. Like, I don't know. Well, the good thing about it is that at least we have Quad back in the group whole, like, wholly and fully. But I did fear for Sweet Tea's life for a minute because once you talk about daddy it's over and I want to know what she was talking about when she was saying oh you didn't you say you're going to go up your husband's head one time or something I'm just she like, talked about it on Carl, her on her live she was like what, I what did <laughs> yeah I wanted to know like why did she have to go up on the side of his head with the frying pan like what did he do like what did Dr. Damon do she just was like, sometimes there comes a point in a relationship where you got to, like, set somebody right. And so that's what she did. That's kind of like on. Well, no, let me not. Though I do not condone any act of violence. Let me go ahead and clarify that. We do not walk around hitting people with frying pans. Yeah. Just go ahead and say that. I definitely don't. What else are you? What else are you loving on Bravo right now? Are you? There's a whole debate going on. And this is another thing that I personally don't get into. This whole voodoo storyline on Real Housewives of Potomac. Yeah. I want to know like your thoughts on 
the Nessa versus Wendy situation? And are you on the side of the fandom that's saying, because I personally, I'm having a good time watching it, but there are a lot of people, they're like, this is trash. What side do you lie on with this season? And what side do you lie on with Neko versus Wendy? Mm. I'm saying like, it is still so early in the season that sometimes like, it's a sleeper. You got to wait until like the end of the season to see like kind of where we're at. However, I think so much of what's happening on the show is about the show. And we find ourselves in one of those places where people can't really like talk about what's going on because so much of it is like production E related or going on podcasts and saying that someone's husband was having an affair and like all of these things that are like very, like it's so very divided. And a lot of people feel like they're checked out in a way. And I will say, like to go back to that to Carlos's thing I was listening to yesterday and he said something. He said, Candace Dillard is one of the most unprotected housewives in history. And I do like I agree with that. I feel like they really did do some messed up stuff. And yes, her mouth is slick, but Candace is always responding. She is on the defense, so she responds defensively. I think that that is a given. And considering like the things that have been thrown at her, literally and figuratively, like I get it. Like I would be in that place. But I also feel like if you're looking so much into this storyline and with the Wendy and the NECA thing, that is so much not what's happening on the show. Like I don't even think necessarily it's even the accusations. So much of it is like it's Teresa and Melissa. It's who used who to get on this show. Like, did you use my name to get on this show behind my back? Like, that kind of thing. Like, it's very much that fight to me. Mm -hmm. And, like, one, Ashley should have never been in it. Ashley should have, like, Ashley knew that there was some, like, a little bit of, like, a fire. And she was like, whoops! And, like, just threw, like, a whole bunch of gasoline on it to see how much bigger it could get. And then it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And I like, <laughs> it's, the situation is tough because culturally, like, I feel like a lot of that is being used as a weapon. And I don't think that that's fair to either of them or to like put it out there like that. And I feel like Wendy could just be like, yo, like, I didn't know her. It is what it is. Like, let it go. But like Wendy again has been on the defense almost every season since she came in because she came in strong on her first season. And like, she came in like, I'm sorry, postpartum, not feeling super confident about herself, not like sure in who she was. And I feel like Wendy's been struggling to like make her place on this show with people who don't want her to be there for a long time. Okay. So do you feel that, because of there's so there's so many nuances to it mm -hmm. that it's affecting the quality of the season. Yes, I feel like because we can't just like have those broken fourth wall moments to be like, this is what's happening. This is how I feel about it. Like, I feel like we're far enough into the social experiment to be like, y'all are on TV. Like, this is your that's why I always hate when someone's like, you don't have a job. They're at work right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> they don't have a job. Oh, like, no. make it make sense. Like, the season is slow. They're at odds, and it feels 
heavy because you know so much of the stuff going on in the background. You know so much of like, I'm trying to hide this part of my life. I'm hiding this part of my life. I'm hiding this part of my life. So what am I watching? And it I does, love Potomac. It does seem like that, though. I would say the most, like, the meat and potatoes for me right now is Mia and what she's going through. Because we're kind of seeing it unfold, like, off camera. And this is just the start of, uh, you know, her and G going to therapy and all of that. And it's real. Like, to me, it gives me housewives versus this whole Wendy and Anika thing. And I think because we really know that they're going through it. Like, we're seeing her at BravoCon, like, I'm in a relationship and I'm committed. Like, it's a very different, like, that's her reality right now. This, like, situation that she has going on with, like, the family businesses. Like, that's all a very, it's real. Like, we want to see what's real. And if you can't talk about what's really happening, then Mm -hmm. something feels like it's missing. Like, we don't have the context. And then we want to check out because we don't have the context for the like what y'all are talking about for real hmm that is definitely a good explanation of I guess where I'm not understanding why people are not satisfied with the season because me I feel like okay we're addressing Robin straight up lying Giselle ain't got nothing going on Karen uh and and her grand domness, like people are over it and we're gonna have Sharice back whether she wants it or not. Ashley's very open about the fact that Michael is cop blocking her. Wendy and Nessa's storyline, there are uh, there are inconsistencies in, well, at least on the show, and her saying that she doesn't know Nessa and we're seeing the girl at the party. So, mm-hmm. I, and then on top of that, Mia finally has something like really happening and she's honest about it. And Mia has always been honest. I think she actually came into the group wanting to really like just be a part of a friendship. And she is, she wears her heart on her sleeve and she's been very honest from the get go. I'm plastic. I married an older man. Like I was a stripper, even though she, called it she served lobster and steak at the strip club she has always just been very vulnerable so for me i'm i think it's better than last season and i'm having a good time but since you put it like that i can understand from a different perspective why people are kind of like um tired of it and i do i do dislike the fact that okay now we got two nigerian girls on the show and the two Nigerian girls are not getting along like we thought they would. They're actually like fighting. So it kind of just sucks to see in general. And it but just would have been I, nice to see Wendy have like an ally outside of Candace, like have somebody that's like, and I'm, I am enjoying the show. I think Karen is hilarious. I want to get to the bottom of the fence mystery. Like I need to know what that's about. Like for real, like I, I'm enjoying it, but there are moments where I'm like, Oh, like I'm a little bored. I understand. I understand. But that's all shows. There's a lot of those shows where you're like, this is filler, and I'm like, I don't want to see a construction scene. I want to like, I want to go in the room. I want to see like what's really happening. I want the dirt. I want the conversations in the room while they're getting ready. And I do think that Carlos King's podcast also, um, 
adds a lot to, not a lot, but it adds stuff to <laughs> Real Housewives and Marriage Medicine. But I think that he's so obsessed and absorbed. Like, I love Carlos King. Want him on the podcast one day. Icon King are Andy Cohen. But he's so obsessed with the Bravo shows that he's not advertising his shows enough. He's not invested in his shows enough. And I feel like his rant against Ashley was just so unwarranted. Because, yes, she's messy, but there's always a messy person within the group. And Candace is always going to hand her her ass in a, a, a argument, in a conversation. So I feel like Ashley very much earns her check every single season because this girl's business has been aired since the first season. And not only has her business been aired, but she has the nerve to go back and airs other people's business as if she doesn't have shit going on herself. So I She's a great bone carrier. Like... Yeah. Those I'm not a like calling for people to get fired. I don't want to see my shows get rebooted. I want to see like a couple chess pieces move around the board. But the thing I think what I you know what I think it is? I think with Potomac, it all starts at the title card. It just feels crowded. It feels mm-hmm. very crowded and I think that the show itself feels very crowded. It might like it's crowded. It's like a whole bunch of people are talking, but not many people are saying anything. But you know what happened? That happened on Beverly Hills, right? Like, they're Mm -hmm. in. And even Atlanta right now, they're not in the best state of Atlanta. So it might just be swells and, you know, going up and down. So, I don't know. The state of Potomac could be rebooted for other people, but for me... It's still working, and I think that we are still so early in the season. I think we're on, what, like our fourth fourth or fifth episode. So we really don't know what they have in store, but I'm having a good time watching it, and I think it sucks that some people aren't having as good of a time as I am because I'm watching the show, and like I want to get on threads, and I'm like, oh, let's talk about this, but then I'm saying, oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, and then I get on Instagram and like, oh, Potomac is not what it used to be. And I'm just like, come on. You're the same people who have just been going through three seasons of Melissa and Teresa fighting about fucking nothing, but y'all can't get Potomac. Like, and that's the thing. Like, it is so early. It is too early to be like, I'm not enjoying myself. And I like, I think objectively, like, we're looking at these seasons and the time in which it was filmed and then what's happened since. Like we used to have like the season, we had a Bravo blog and like, that was our like little thing. But now there's so much stuff coming out. So it's kind of like, it's like a welcome to Platteville where you're like, why haven't we talked about Kim's DUI? Like, what is the timeline? Like, where are we in this whole thing? Like that kind of thing throws a lot of people off to where it's like, well, this happened. Why aren't we addressing this? okay, Candace is mad about this year, but we're also still not hearing Candace mad about this year because this hasn't happened yet. Like, we're in, like, multiple timelines. Like, the Housewives is the multiverse of madness at all it times. Is. It mm-hmm. is just so much stuff going on in, like, it's, ugh, it's a lot. I still love Potomac. I still do not want to see it rebooted. I do not want to see it rebooted. I want it retooled a little bit. But I don't want, like, I just want them to, like, be good. That's all I want. I want them to have, like, the capability to just be, like, 
have a lot of nonsense, but still come together. Like I want the sisterhood. Like I truly do. And when they're not talking to each other, it makes it a, like, I still love it, but it is harder because you don't have like any of those interactions, not even like an ultimate girls trip level interaction between Candace and Giselle. I mean, it's just like, it's like married to medicine. Toya, yeah, like she can't stand quad and she's going to roll her eyes, but she's still going to do her job. Don't like she's up. still going to yeah. like, yeah. And she's not going to have anything nice to say to you, but she will but still have right. something to say to you. And yeah, I right. think that that's the point where it's like, you can't let all this stuff get to the point where you're running people off or icing people out or mad about something. Like you got to treat it like a sitcom, like this sort of thing happened. We're moving on. It's a whole new interaction and mess the next time. But at the end of it, like we can try to find a way to put some type of a bow on it. That is literally the perfect way to put it. Well, we are wrapping up this episode, but before we wrap it up, we know that we want to support you in any way that we can, and we want our peoples to support you in any way that they can. Do you have anything coming up? Anything going on? I'm trying to think of what I can and can't talk about. Yeah. Uh, so, Without you can follow me. Not today. <laughs> And for if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Threads and Instagram, Christina Ariel. Uh, pretty much all of my stuff is Christina Ariel, except for TikTok, where it's Christina Ariel Tigner. But it doesn't really matter because I post like maybe twice a month, and I'm just like, hey, here's a thing I did. Bye. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. You can watch Headless, the Sleepy Hollow story, on the Shipwreck Comedy YouTube. It is very good and very funny. And I don't say that just because I'm very good and very funny. No, I'm just kidding. I really did. But uh, no, you can go find that there. Um, watch uh, Star Wars The Higher Public Show on StarWars.com and look out on the Star Wars Instagram and TikTok for more stuff from that. And we will be linking mm-hmm. all of that below so y'all yes. can support the look in the YouTube video and on the podcast. And we are going to have you back very soon. Probably to the Patreon because I want to talk to you about a few other things because I feel like this is one hour is not enough. So I'll be right back in your inbox. But like It's you. not. I took two hours. I blocked out two hours. I was like, I'm gonna hang out. We're gonna talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, we have to do you have you have another hour? I do. Wait, hold on, what time does dance with the stars start? I can vote from my phone right now. But I don't get it until 8 o'clock anyway. So what we're going to do, we're going to have you on both the Bravo show and the pop culture show. So it's going to be Christina. Yes. Although we're black. So we love you guys. We will talk to you on Saturday. And y'all have a great week. And hit us up on threads and Instagram and Patreon.com for Bravo All Black. And stay tuned uh, for the next episode. Bye. Love you. Bye, y'all. A Huda Media Production.